It's 6 a.m. at a basketball arena in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the faithful are gathering. Inside, Thomas Shoei, Walmart's chief financial officer, works the crowd. He's like a cross between a high school football coach at a pep rally and a preacher at a religious revival. Your company was the first company on the planet to report one quarter of a trillion dollars in sales, $256 billion. You know what that is? That's one IBM, one Hewlett Packard, one Dell computer, one Microsoft, and one Cisco system. And oh, by the way, after that, we've got $2 billion left over. What began as one variety store in rural Arkansas has dethroned GM, GE, and every other major manufacturer in the country. Today, Walmart is the most dominant company in the American economy. So how did this happen? Walmart, as an efficiency machine, has just done better than any other U.S. retailer or perhaps any other U.S. company in history. Gary Jureffi is a professor at Duke who's written extensively about how mass retailers like Walmart have gained leverage to reshape the global economy. To really understand Walmart, Jureffi suggests, think of it as an information technology operation masquerading in the form of a mass retail chain. Walmart collects and tracks more detailed information about consumer demand than any other retailer in the world. Barcodes and computerized inventories make this possible. Automated ordering makes it incredibly efficient. You can track sales on specific items, specific weeks, specific days, specific hours of the day when you sell merchandise the most. John Lehman worked for Walmart for 17 years, managing six different stores. Disillusioned, he quit to join a union trying to organize Walmart employees. You can find out, you know, what size of toothpaste is your best seller, uh, what times of the year you sell that toothpaste. And each week, 100 million customers stream through Walmart's doors. Walmart's leverage lies in the fact that they are at the end of the supply chain. Edna Bonisich is a professor of sociology at the University of California, Riverside. They know what is being sold and they're able to use that information to tell the producers what needs to be made, when, where. Bill Nickel is president of Kentucky Derby Hosiery, a Walmart supplier. They force all of us, by really good business discipline, to be sure we're paying attention at all times to what their customers want to buy. If manufacturers want to do business with Walmart, they often have to change the way they run their business. Not long ago, manufacturing companies set consumer prices, created product lines, and dictated production schedules. Not anymore. Nelson Lichtenstein, a professor of labor history at the University of California in Santa Barbara, says today these decisions are increasingly driven by retailers like Walmart. The power of Walmart is such, it's reversed a hundred-year history in which the manufacturer was powerful and the retailer was sort of the vassal. It's changed that, turned that around entirely. Bill Nichols says it even changes where you do business. If you want to sell Walmart, you know, you need to come to Bentonville. Consumer manufacturing companies have flocked to Bentonville to set up satellite sales offices near Walmart headquarters. They call it Venderville. They're here for one reason, Walmart, and uh, it is a phenomenon. It's a whole, a whole world of its own. 
Office parks in this small Arkansas town are filled with sales offices for some of the biggest consumer product manufacturers in the world. They're here for one reason, to be at the beck and call of their biggest customer. Walmart calls the shots. John Lehman. If you want to do business with us, if you want to stay in business, then you're going to do it our way. And it's all about driving down the cost of goods. Lehman says even Walmart's biggest suppliers get pushed around. Their company representatives get herded into little gray cubicles in Walmart's headquarters, where Walmart uses its purchasing power to press costs lower and lower. It's, it's very one-sided. There is no negotiation. I've been in these little cubicles. I've seen it happen. They know every fact and figure that these manufacturers have. They, they know their books. They know their costs. So what's a manufacturer left to do? Uh, they sit naked in front of Walmart. Bill Nickel at Kentucky Derby Hosiery has been in those bargaining sessions, too. Their message to us, surprisingly, is if you want to focus on the lowest cost part of the market, it's obvious that you can't do that in the United States. In other words, Walmart is saying that if you want access to its big low-end market, that means moving production to China. That's correct. China, practically speaking, is it that is the low-cost producer for the immediate future. Duke University's Gary Jareffi says Walmart wasn't the first American company to head to China in search of low-cost goods, but it has been the most aggressive. Walmart was one of the key forces that propelled global outsourcing, offshoring of U.S. jobs, precisely because it controls so much of the purchasing power of the U.S. economy. Today, Nickel says he's got to move some production to China to stay competitive. That's bad news for his 1,500 U.S. employees. It certainly says there will be a lot fewer people in U.S. manufacturing, half or more, hmm. that won't have a place in the world of the future. Ray Bracey is Walmart's vice president of international corporate affairs. The sad truth is because of perhaps the pressure on price and because the pressure of costs on the other side, that it's difficult to make ends meet if you're a business by staying here. Today, if Walmart were a country, it would be one of China's top 10 trading partners. The company acknowledges it imports $15 billion in goods from China each year. And Bracey concedes the figure could be much higher and will keep on growing. And you can see how Walmart's trading relationship with China is transforming America at the port of Long Beach in California. 5,000 ships arrive in the port of Long Beach every year. Officials here estimate 80% carry Chinese products. Walmart's our number one customer. Yvonne Smith is the director of communications here. $36 billion comes through Long Beach from China alone. Consumer products. And what are we shipping back? We're shipping out about $3 billion worth of raw materials. We export cotton, we bring in clothing. We export hides, we bring in shoes. We export scrap metal, we bring back machinery. So they're doing all, but we're like a third world country. We're exporting uh, waste paper, containers full of waste paper. We bring back cardboard boxes with products inside. And as more and more low-cost Chinese products flow in to fill the shelves at Walmart, more and more American manufacturing jobs flow out overseas. In Long Beach, California, I'm Hedrick Smith for Frontline and Marketplace.
The Frontline program, Is Walmart Good for America?, airs tonight on many PBS television stations. Our report was produced by Rick Young for Frontline and by Stephen Henn for American Radio Works, the national documentary unit of American Public Media.